big idea. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection were acts of doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God. Our weekly identity statement, I am never more like Christ as when I do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And our memory verse, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. And Micah 6, 8, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Yesterday we talked about the justice mission of Jesus, to stand in the gap and be the sacrifice for our sins. This was also an act of mercy. It was unjust that Jesus died for sins I committed. He did this as an act of mercy and grace. This is true unmerited favor, 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Can you imagine what it must have felt like to be Jesus on that cross? To have lived a perfectly sinless life, and then on the cross to actually become the sins of all humanity? I can't imagine. It seems wrong. It seems unjust, because it is. But God is rich in mercy, and he provides for what he calls us to. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But... Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We were, by nature, deserving of wrath. Our Father was the Spirit who is at work in those who were disobedient. We lived among our sins. We were surrounded by our sins. We gratified the cravings of our flesh and were obedient to its desires and thoughts. We deserved God's wrath. We had earned it fair and square. Not Jesus. Jesus had earned eternal life. We had earned death. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions by grace. We were Lazarus, rotting in the grave. But this time, Instead of calling us out of the grave from the outside, Jesus enters the grave and then shows us the way out from the inside. I am constantly amazed that Jesus became obedient to death. It astounds me that that life could become the servant of death. How could Jesus, the Lord of all creation, be subservient to death? Love and mercy. When you love someone as much as God loves us, you go to great lengths to get them back. This is mercy. We are on trial before God for all the wrongs we have committed. The prosecution is hammering us and the list is long, hundreds of pages long, and the verdict is guilty. We are guilty of it all. As the judge tells us to stand and commands the bailiff to take us into custody, we hear a cry from the back of the courtroom, Stop! I will take their sentence. The bailiff looks at the judge who nods. 
and the man who had done nothing wrong gets handcuffed in our place. But he didn't just pay the price for our sins, he actually became our sin. Why? Not just because he was the only sinless one, but because he was the only one that could really put it to death once and for all on that cross. Even after we've received his new life, we constantly try to drink from the same dry wells. But Jesus put it to death, completely and finally. If justice is getting what we deserve, then mercy is not getting the punishment we deserve. Second Peter 3, 9 and 10, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God's desire is that none would die without receiving his gift of grace. For some reason, this is a controversy in Christian circles. I don't know why we make bigger deals out of these things than necessary. Scripture makes it clear that Jesus died for the sins of all humanity, not just the elect. If, for some reason, you need to argue your theological points, you can argue that God's grace only applies to the elect, but you cannot say that Jesus only died for the elect without twisting and poorly interpreting scriptures such as these. God desires that all would come to repentance. This does not mean that all will come to repentance, but Jesus still died for their repentance were they to choose it. Jesus didn't die for some, he died for all. That means that Jesus died for every single person in your life and mine that doesn't yet know the life of Christ. Every single one. We cannot force them to accept it. They may never choose it, but Jesus still died for them. You and I don't know if they will ever accept it. That's not necessary information. The only necessary piece of information you need to know is Jesus died for them too. 1 Timothy 1, uh, 15 and 16. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul often called himself the chief of sinners. His life pre-Christ was torturing and violently murdering Christians. He was trying to single-handedly destroy the church of Christ. But then Christ got to him. And because of the work of Christ, Paul was shown mercy. Why? So that Jesus might be on display through his life. So that Jesus would have the opportunity to show his crazy, ridiculous, immense patience for those who would believe in Jesus and receive his life. We don't know if they will ever accept it. But through your life, God wants to show how crazy patient he is with those who are rebelling against him. Even if they were murdering Christians, God would still be displaying his love for them through your life. And even if they were to take your life through your death, God would be displaying his love and mercy to them. Don't let flawed theology keep you from showing mercy. Too many times we let ourselves off the hook for being Christ to someone because we've allowed theology to dictate our practice. If your theology is going to determine what you do, you'd better be exceptionally certain that your theology is 100% accurate. This is why we place such a strong emphasis on understanding and doing what the Bible teaches. When the Bible isn't 100% clear on something, we believe it must be that way for a reason. 
The tension exists for a reason, and that reason is not for us to try to fill in the holes with our own logic. Jesus was not a Calvinist, Arminian, Lutheran, Catholic, Orthodox, Pentecostal, Charismatic, or whatever other label you want to try to put on him. He was the Son of God. Our job as adopted sons and daughters is to become like Christ. How do we do that? By having the same undying love and mercy with every other person in our life that God has had with us. And then trusting God with the outcome. But we can't trust God with the outcome if we ignore God's process. The results are determined by God, but he has made clear to us the process that will lead to those results. If God has the patience to wait until the right time to draw Paul into the kingdom, he has the patience to wait for that person in your life you think will never come. And you'd be surprised. If God can do it with Paul, he can do it with anyone. We love showing mercy because we have been shown such ridiculous mercy. We are patient in showing mercy because God has been patient in showing us mercy. Our daily scripture focus, Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. Read Acts 9. Imagine that you are Ananias and Jesus tells you to go to Saul, the guy who's killed a lot of your closest friends in Christ. Imagine walking through the door of Judas's house and laying your hand on Saul's face and praying for him to be healed. Imagine seeing the scales fall for yourself from Saul's eyes. Second, reflect. Are you patient in mercy? Do you persevere in being merciful with the people God has placed in your life? Third, repent. Spend some time praying and ask God to change your mind and heart about each of these areas. If theology has kept you from persisting and reaching out to people around you, ask God to forgive you and help you know him more. Finally, thank God. Thank God that he was patient with you. Thank God that he was patient with Saul. Thank God for those around you whom God is being patient with right now.